Hello, and welcome to the Simply Business Interview Podcast. I'm your host, John Jennings. And you know, you've heard me say this before, I believe that most business owners are working way too hard for much too little. And uh, one of the issues is that we overcomplexify things. And I believe that most of the answers are really lie within ourselves. Uh, we just kind of have to discover those. And so uh, I think most of them are pretty simple. So I, I always say I'm a simple man with simple ideas. So uh, today I'm joined by Katie Daniel, who's the CEO and founder of Ambition Fitness. Katie, thank you for being here. I'm really uh, excited about hearing your story. I know uh, our listeners are as well. So why don't you kick us off by just uh, give us a little bit about your, your background and, and what you do. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. Um, so like you said, my name is Katie. Uh, I own a company here in Louisville, Kentucky called Ambition Fitness. And my business and my studio, um, we are in the boutique fitness studio or a boutique fitness industry. And um, we have a studio that is uh, all women's and we focus on strength training for women. And the reason that we started is because there's so many women that want to do weights, but the weight section is intimidating. And then once you get there, you feel self-conscious. And then there's so many women that are like, I also don't know what to do once I get here. So we created a studio um, that is feminine, empowering. It's so clean. It's so chic. It looks like a nightclub. So you don't feel like you're in a weight section. And uh, pretty much we we made our own. So we do group fitness and personal training. Um, and again, it's women only. So that's our niche. Um, okay. So I have to rule myself out right off the bat. So unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, uh, that's, that's, uh, that's awesome. So what inspired you to do this? What, what was the, that initial spark that really, yeah. So I, I am my own consumer. Um, and I think that's where we've also found strength and, and growth within our business. Um, I never grew up an athlete. I never grew up in shape. Um, I played like rec sports in like sixth grade, you know, like just like every other kid. Um, but I was part of the generation and like so many women who don't know um, how to feel good about their body. And society tends to tell women just to be smaller all the time. And my generation was told to do endless cardio and to basically eat lettuce. And that doesn't work for anybody. Um, and I remember when Pinterest came out as a new platform, I just started pinning like these different like dumbbell movements and exercises came up and I just made a little list and I took it to this like small mom and pop anytime fitness that was by my current job and I just kind of put on my headphones and went to the weight section and I had no what I, I had no idea what I was doing I'm sure my form was terrible but I just started kind of playing around with weights and I was like oh my gosh like this is something I actually really enjoy and I was able to stick with it and over time you know you gain confidence in the movement um, you see changes with your body and there's just something about strength training that makes you feel so empowered. And I mean, men have known this forever. You guys are told to like lift weights and get strong and then you feel like Superman. And then women start to tap into that and they're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. So, it, you know, it, just, it really changed my life. It taught me how to eat food. And so I was like, all right, like there's a need for women to have access to this uh, within the market that that they don't have right now. And so I really just kind of built what I would want as a woman and it, it went from there. Wow. That's, that's awesome. So you, you didn't go to college for this. This wasn't, this wasn't your plan 
<laughs> no, I was in medical sales before. So I do have a little bit of a business background, but really just in the sales aspect. Yeah. Um, and having my own business has, you just learn so, so much that, you know, there's no way to prepare you for it. Um, and, and, you know, really just kind of by jumping in and, and, and learning as you go. Um, so I did have that sales background. Um, you know, it's funny because, uh, since I only went to the weight section, I didn't have a fitness background. You know, I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I had never gone to a fitness studio. I'd never gone to orange theory, never went to spin. I don't think I'd ever even done a yoga class. So like I could have done a little bit more research and education before I did, but here we are. And, uh, it ended up working out. So thankfully, <laughs> And, and you've been at this, you said five years, is that right? Yes. Yeah. So you started pre-COVID and, uh, and fitness studios got hit pretty hard by COVID. So that, did, that yes. been... luckily we were open for a year. Um, and so we had time to establish a clientele and, and to build up before that happened. Um, and then we were shut down for 11 weeks and then we just navigated as best we could, just like any other business. So, yeah. Awesome. Uh, well, you know, you, not just any other business because you you're one that survived. There's there's a lot that didn't. So uh, yeah, congrats you. on that. Uh, so you you kind of alluded a little to this, but what was what's the biggest surprise to you that you know as being a business owner? What what was the biggest uh, you know unexpected aspect of being a business owner? You know, honestly, uh, every everybody says it, and they're like, "Man, it will take you to your knees. It is so hard." And you know, I had this idea and I wanted to go after it. And I'm so glad that I did. But like, you know, with any business ownership, there's highs and there's lows. And it's, I did, everybody tells you there's, it's going to be an emotional roller coaster. And then you don't really truly quite comprehend the gravity of it until you're already on the roller coaster. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, someone could have told me, like explained it so much more in depth than I still would never understand until I was in it. Um, so I think navigating the highs and the lows was most surprising for me. Um, mm. But if you're adaptable and you're passionate about what you do, and if you have a good service or product that, that your consumer wants, it's, you can definitely navigate it. Um, it's yeah. just, there's a lot of curveballs that uh, you, you catch along the way. So. Yeah. It, it, you, it's hard to understand until you've done it, but you, you have, you have that three o'clock wake up, you know, in the morning where you, you know, you start, you know, this panic hits you and every business oh, owner yeah. I've, I've <laughs> talked to have experienced those. You the know, lack of sleep is real for any business owner. Yeah. The first two years, but it's, yeah. it's like a newborn baby. So. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's uh, it, it is 18 months is what I tell people almost universally. There seems to be plus or minus a little bit, but 18 months is, is that magic number that it takes you that long to develop the habits and the good experience. And yeah, I agree. it takes time. And, um, yeah. you know, I used to compare, I used to look at other big fitness studio names in, in the industry, like the cycle bars, the orange theories, like every other, you know, like big fitness name you think of. And in my first year, I would have to talk myself out of like comparison. I was like, Katie, you cannot compare yourself to the Titans because those are outliers and you're not, you're not where they are and that's okay. And they weren't this way all the time. Um, so I think that was, that was personally a good perspective for me to have to stop the the comparison game in that first 18 months, because it's, it is just truly such a solo journey and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the comparison game is, is a real, real challenge for sure. We all we all deal with it because uh, 
there's always, as you said, there, there's always the unicorns, right? And, but they're not. Uh, the and, and the unicorns are outliers. That's what no one remembers. It's like, oh, look yeah. what they did. It's like, okay, but like, that's like the 1%. So, yeah. Uh, and don't get me wrong, our goal is world domination. Of course. So, so, no, we will be the 1%. But <laughs> we'll be a unicorn someday. But yeah. uh, great, it's great to have those goals. So, tell us about, uh, you know, we've already shared a little bit, but, you know, what what's a, uh, What's one of those challenges that boy put you know kind of put you to the ropes and and you had to and, you know, you've turned around from now and look back and you say yeah I learned a lot about that from about me or about the business can you share one of those experiences? Sure, I think that um, I think two of my biggest challenges, uh, maybe not challenges, but things that I really had to learn a lot about to to learn how to navigate it. Um, one would be commercial real estate, you know, lease negotiations, what you're walking into as far as, um, how the process goes, what a landlord would, you know, want in a tenant versus how a tenant positions, positions themselves attractively and, and what that process looks like. Mm. Um, you know, cause with that also goes very hand in hand with, construction drawings and a design process. And it's, it, it's a big, big project. Um, and it's, that is tough to navigate, uh, when, when you're starting out and you really don't know this, the steps of it. Um, that was a challenge for me. And then I think not necessarily a challenge for me, but something that I just became much more, um, maybe aware of throughout my journey is that, you know, I, I really understood that your team is everything. Um, but of course, you know, like you're going to have some bad hires. You're going to have some people that didn't work out. And that's just part of the process. It's no one's fault. Um, and it's, you know, really, really having a team in place that you trust and is very capable to do the job. And it's, and it's a symbiotic, like two-way relationship of, you know, it's, you care about your team and they care about you and your business and your consumers. So um, that is, that is an ever learning, um, very, very in, integral part of the process for me personally. Awesome. So you, you uh, mentioned your team and, and before we started the interview, you, you talked about how your team had, had matured to a point where, you know, you're, you're not having to be there and deal with the day to day, share a little bit about how that came about and what that feels like. Yeah. Um, so for the first two or three years, I would, I don't think that my company would have been successful if I wasn't so hands-on with it. And I would say that to any founder, you have to live, sleep, breathe everything about your business. It truly is like, like having a newborn baby. It is totally dependent on you. Um, sorry about that. I had a little, uh, phone call come through, but she's gone now. Um, so yeah, I think the first three years, very important, uh, that you are hands-on because also that is, that's the time period to where you are truly crafting and curating exactly what your business is. And no one else can do that except for you. Mm -hmm. My hands-off point really came probably at that three and a half, four-year mark. Mm -hmm. um, at that point, the business had grown enough to where we kind of had the leverage of being an attractive business to the public and for people that wanted to work with the studio. And, and you don't really have that before. You have to grow that. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'd say around three and a half, four years is, um, I have a general manager now who she is exceptional. My trainer team and my, and my sales team, they're just, all of them are, are tenured now to a point to where 
kind of when I go in, I'm kind of like, oh, am I in your all's way? Uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that, uh, that transition really, I think, just came with the business maturing. Um, and, and really for us to, John, I'm so sorry. I have my phone on DND and I'm not quite sure why it's still coming through. Um, so yeah, I think it just comes with, uh, as, as your business grows and becomes more attractive to, to an employment and consumer audience that you really get that in your corner to, to get good talent. Yeah. Cool. So you, you got, you're at this point now that, that so many business owners dream of that, like, you don't have to be there every day. Uh, so let's do the magic, you know, you know, the magic eight ball or, or the, you know, what magic wand or whatever uh, you want to say, let's look out a year or so, you know, what, what's next, but, you know, before world domination, let's dial it back to, you know, what, what's, what's the next step towards that? Um, so it's funny you ask that because um, I'm actively working on world domination. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I spent um, all of last year really developing uh, our studio into a franchise model for franchise okay. expansion. Um, and that takes quite some time to really develop and, and uh, really iron out everything to make sure that your concept, um, one, is validated by uh, external parties, um, two, your, all of your QuickBooks, all of your profit and loss, your revenue, it, it all needs to, to be aligned. Um, and your process has to, or your company has to be replicable. So we, we really looked at, um, ambitions performance and we're like, okay, like it's, it's checking all the boxes. Um, and you know, I, there's a phrase about idle hands or something. Idle hands leads to, you know, bad things. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but like, <laughs> I like to keep busy. And, and so it's just, you know, I don't like to, I don't like to. I like to have my hand in something, you know, like a, mm -hmm. I, I like the creation. I like the challenge. Um, so that's what I've been working on the past year. And the next steps for us is we are actively actually looking at uh, new markets to enter into mm -hmm. and interviewing potential franchisee candidates, if they'd be a good fit for it. Um, we're also looking at opening a second studio in the East area of Louisville. So um, we've, at, I have, I found ways to keep myself busy. That's for yeah. sure. <laughs> and with the expansion, speaking of, if you have an amazing team in place, I can't wait for those pieces to fall in place to continue retaining that amazing talent for the company and also for them to have job satisfaction and growth and development and, and promotion opportunities. So it's, um, sure. it's and that symbiotic relationship is, is very important and valuable. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's awesome that, how growth leads to other types of growth. Right. And yes. so uh -huh. <laughs> uh, you're going to be opening up, you know, tons of opportunities uh, once you move to that franchise model, uh, that's yes. going to really open up the doors. For <laughs> that's you. That's, the goal, that's, that's, right? Yeah. That's very cool. And, and so you're going to try to replicate your same model, women focused, uh, boutique, uh, very uh, high end kind of special, special type uh, place. Yeah, I uh, I mean, like I said, it's I think that everybody on the team and at our current clients are so passionate about it because we are our consumer, and so we know what women want. We know how they want to work out. We know how they want to utilize weights. You know, like it. There's so many modalities out there, and there's so many also like ways to do weights that like traditionally a bodybuilder or a strength training world is going to be more masculine and, and more male driven. And they're going to be like, Hey, like, this is how you do it. These are the rules. 
And we're like, oh, well, we're going to kind of tweak those rules a little bit for how we would like to do it. So, um, yeah, we we know our audience and and we feel very excited to to introduce that to women in new markets. That's very cool. Very cool. So uh, if if you're speaking to somebody out there that's uh, thinking about starting a business or just in those early in those early days or early months of, of their business, what what advice uh, would you give them? I would say have it pinpointed to know exactly what you want to do. Like, what is it that keeps you up at night that you're like, man, I can't stop thinking about that. And if you can't stop thinking about it, at least for me, my next thought was, well, I don't know how to do it. And then I was like, well, you know, like, what if it doesn't work? And I, I've heard a phrase of, that a lot, a lot of people think that business owners and founders are um, risk takers. And a quote that I heard is that a good entrepreneur and a good founder is actually much more risk aversive than the general public would think. They they think of every worst and best case opportunity, every or um, you know the outcome and everything in between, and be like, what do all those pathways look like? And for me, ambition. I thought about ambition for two years before I pulled the trigger on it. And okay you know, I, I was like, all right, like I have to think of everything that could go wrong. That wouldn't be in my corner. <laughs> I mean, it, it is a big deal. It is. Um, you know, I kept being like, what if it doesn't work out? Like, what would I lose? Like, would we lose our house? Would they go to my, if I take out a loan, would they go take it from my 401k? And, and then I think it's easy to think that way, but then I just had this little, this little thought that kept popping up and I'm like, okay, but like, but what if it does work? And the right. what if that doesn't happen. So I think that you just need to take time to really validate your idea um, and do a lot of research on the best way to execute it. So. Yeah. I, and I hope uh, listeners really appreciate that because you know, there is, there's something about kind of making sure you kind of understand what that those guardrails are, you know, that the worst case is this best case is that. And don't don't live and dwell on the, the, the worst case. We we talk about saboteurs in our brain, these voices in our brain that are constantly telling us all the reasons not to do things. And if you just unleash those, you'll you'll never you'll never start the business. Yeah, and I personally, I was like, okay, like I was in medical sales before, like nothing in the fitness world. I was like, this would be a total change for for me and and my family and and my husband and and our household. And I was like. Uh, but like, I don't want to turn 50 or 60 and be like, man, I wish I tried that gym idea. And I'm like, you know what, what's the worst that could happen? Like, and, and then you just take the plunge. And, and once you take that step, it's, there's kind of no going back at that point, but that's part of the excitement. So it is, it is part of the excitement for sure. And uh, once you make that investment, you, uh, I can, I can relate. you, you're, you're not, I remember during uh, COVID, it was really easy to think, oh gosh, I should just give up and, and go do something else. And, and then I'm like, no, I've invested way too much in this. <laughs> oh yeah. For me, There's it was there. like, there was no choice for it to not succeed. I was like, um, I have an SBA loan and I, who's going <laughs> to, no one else is going to pay this thing off. So. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's taken away. I was like a failure. I, I, I use that, that from Apollo 13 failure is not an option. You know, that was a, that was a phrase I repeated to myself several times. Very much. Yes. Very cool. 
Well, Katie, it's been great uh, getting to know you, and, and I appreciate uh, the wisdom and experience you, sh you shared uh, with uh, with us today. Uh, if folks wanted to uh, learn more about your business, maybe there's a you know, potential franchisee out there that uh, might might uh, be interested in this. Uh, what? Uh, how can they contact you? What's uh, where? Where can they find you? Sure. So um, our website is ambition-fitness.com. Um, we have a very robust Instagram and social media as well to where you can actually see um, the studio, uh, kind of it's our modality, the client experience. Um, so all of that is a really great point of reference. And all of my, um, at least like digital point of contacts are on there as well. So we would love to have any women in the studio. And also, as you mentioned, um, it's a really exciting opportunity to be able to bring this to new markets and uh, I'm, I'm pretty easy to find once, once you're on there. So, very good. <laughs> and thank very you cool. so much for having me. It was, it was great to chat with you. Great. Thank you very much for your time. Of course.